What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason or what's left of it, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Tonight on the show, we will talk about the player that was named by ESPN, specifically by Todd Arker, the Cowboys standout, surprise standout from the offseason. And it's a name that a Cowboys nation wants to know about. It's wide receiver TJ Basher. After that, we'll take a look at the entire wide receiver room, see how things look right now, and we'll close out the show with some fun uh, you know, scenarios in the world of NFL slash boxing because Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson will enter a boxing match according to Adam Schefter. I don't know if that was the news that I was expecting Adam Schefter to break today, but it happened and we will see Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson up on that boxing ring. And that got me thinking, I'm not going to lie, some fun scenarios that, you know, some boxing duos some NFL duos that I would like to see on that ring. Let's see some of your comments here. What is up? We've got Ernest Socks here saying, give us some good news, buddy. We need it. Well, well we, we'll talk about some positive stuff because ESPN named its surprise standout for each team in the NFL during the offseason. And for the Cowboys, it was none other than second-year wide receiver T.J. Basher. Now, T.J. Basher, as a lot of you will know, is a prospect out of Texas Tech. And, you, you know, you cannot call him a prospect anymore because he's been one year in the NFL, but a knee injury pretty much kept him sidelined. He has no experience yet, at least not, not, not any game day experience but TJ Basher could very well fight his way into the 53-man roster. And here is what Todd Arker from ESPN.com had to say about TJ Basher. I will read it to you guys, and then we can break it down and talk about how he could carve out a role on the Cowboys' offense. So according to Todd Arker, here we go. Signed as an undrafted free agent last year, Basher did not practice because of a knee injury. But he has used this offseason to get himself into the receiver conversation. With Michael Gallup working through knee rehab and CeeDee Lamb, James Washington, and Noah Brown missing time with minor injuries, Basher got a lot of work in the OTAs and minicamp. And here comes a quote from coach Mike McCarthy. He's made some really big-time flash plays, splash plays, He's had some really, particularly in the red zone, which you can see his ability down there. Big plays in scramble drills and things like that. I just think, like any young player, particularly in his development, it's getting the details of the everyday situations. So there you go. TJ Basher getting some love from Coach Mike McCarthy and from Todd Arker from ESPN. Now, I know we like to talk about TJ Basher's size and how he can translate as an athlete onto the playing field. But for those of you who maybe have not looked at the numbers, let's do that right now. So when we talk about TJ Basher 
having some size. What do we mean specifically? According to Mock Draftable, he's over 6'5". And if you're wondering where that ranks in the NFL, according to MockDraftable.com, that's a 98th percentile group in terms of height for TJ Vasher. He's literally one of the tallest wide receivers in the entire NFL coming in at over 6'5". Now, in terms of arm length, the same is true. He's got an arm length of that, that ranks in the 99th percentile in the league. Hand size of, of 94th percentile. Now, because of injury, he also didn't run, didn't run during the his NFL draft process. So we don't have a lot of numbers on his athletic skills. But if you want to get an idea of how TJ Vasher looks as an athlete, there you go. It's fair to point out that that doesn't make him an NFL caliber player. But you need to know what tools TJ Vasher is working with right here. We have not seen a lot from him. He was, of course, not drafted despite these big-time athletic numbers. And we know that he has had some problems with consistency. Right. And Professor O, by the way, thank you for your comment. He says his problem is that he's real thin and struggles on contested catches. And if he can make those contested catches work for him at over six, five, then you're talking about a true red zone threat. Right. For the Cowboys. But my question for me to you guys right now is, is TJ Basher's hype legit? Or is it just another off-season cup of coffee that we know at this time of the year we can get so high on these young players even though they don't have a realistic shot at making the team? So to be more specific, in this case, you know that he's had a lot of opportunities mainly because of injuries at wide receiver for the Cowboys. Michael Gallup not working with the team right now because of injury. You have guys like Jalen Tolbert, the third-round rookie for the Cowboys, not working out uh, except for minicamp, but he missed OTAs pretty much. He was there, but he was not working because of injury. Then you have James Washington, the one, one of the very few free agents that you ended up signing, also missing time in the offseason. You can question whether the hype is legit or is this just an off-season cup of coffee. Let's see some of your answers here in the chat. Samuel Rowe says coffee. Tommy915 says it's just a cup of coffee. Some conversation maybe for, you know, Cowboys Nation. Delton also going with a cup of coffee. Kevin Knight, our crack as well. Kevin Knight says legit high upside. Professor O, coffee until camp starts and he does it in pats. Joey Bella says, more like a sippy cup of coffee. Let's see. Straight black coffee, no filter mo. Says Toxic Tom. Hashtag Rico Gathers effect. <laughs> there you go. And speaking of Rico Gathers, I know some people want to make TJ Vasher into a tight end or the same for Simi Fihoko. I know someone was joking about this on Twitter. I cannot remember who it was. <laughs> but yeah, I feel the same way. I feel I feel um, who said that says Professor. Oh, it was Joey Vela. You know the the CP cup of coffee. 
It was Joey Bella here in the YouTube chat. I also laughed at that. <laughs> but anyways, I will go with the CP cup of coffee as well for this answer. More than anything, because of the why TJ Vasher has had so many reps to work with. Now, I will say, if there's one scenario in which I can see TJ Vasher really having a shot at some playing time during the regular season is if, say, the Cowboys don't have Michael Gallup to start the season and say they do carry him on the roster because they think, as Todd Arker reported, that he could be ready in September, right? Then you're not going to have him enter the season on pop because you don't want him to miss the six weeks. You want him to be back ASAP. And maybe you go with a starting trio of CeeDee Lamp, James Washington, and the rookie Jalen Tolbert. How much do you trust a guy like James Washington, who is known to be a burner, who is known to be a deep threat because of his speed and tracking skills? How much do you trust him to do some damage in the red zone? And that's maybe where you can carve out a role for a player that you want on the team because of his size, because of, of his ability to go up in the air and, you know, pull that football down. And that's what TJ Vasher could be good at at the next level. We'll see if it works out for him. But right now, I, I'm not jumping on the hype train yet. I agree with those who are saying, let's wait until training camp and let's see what he can make out of it. Now, it's not a, an easy debate at wide receiver for the Cowboys this offseason. And it's definitely, as it always is, but right now maybe even more so with so many question marks beyond CeeDee Lamb, one of the most important positions to watch once camp starts. And, you know, just looking at the team, this is how I have it broken down. And I know, uh, shout out to Craig, who watches pretty much every primetime show. And he's had this big take during the offseason saying that Washington will not make the roster. I will admit that he might not be a lock as Lamp, Tolbert, and Gallup are. Parenthesis, I'm assuming Todd Arker is right when saying Gallup will make the team because of him being ready in September at some point. So I will trust Todd Arker. I will be an optimist for the night. And I, this is how I have it broken down, right? The four, the, the, the four locks, quote-unquote, on the left side of the screen, we've got CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, Gallup, and Washington in, you know, in yellow. I put him in a yellow font because I will admit that he's not at the level of the three of those who are above him. And then the guys that I have in battle for those final roster spots are Simi Fehoko, which has maybe it's a small advantage, but it is still an advantage because of the fact that he was on the team last year, even though he didn't play that much, not even on special teams. But Simi Fehoko is in there, and, and maybe he has some advantage over the rest of the guys. TJ Vasher who we have talked about, Noah Brown, who's been with the team for a while now. <laughs> and I don't know if Bruce is right on the YouTube chat about his theory as to why as to why Noah Brown is still on the team. But we know that the front office does like the guy. And then 
Shout out to Professor O. I did mean to include Drummond here. It was just my way of representing the undrafted free agents, not in any order. Houston, you go. You got uh, Dennis Houston. You've got Ty Fry Fogel, and of course, you also have Drummond. Those guys could still be in a position to raise a hand and fight for one of those final spots. But just because of the fact that they're undrafted free agents, I doubt that they will make the team. Not in a way that I don't like Houston or that I don't like Freifogel. I just mean it in a way in which undrafted free agents have a tough road into 53-man rosters. Even on the Cowboys where you've had guys like Trent Steele make the team, so on and so forth, right? <laughs> Noah Brown joined the team in 1974. <laughs> says Professor O. So that's how I have it broken uh, broken down. From 1 to 10, how confident are you on this Cowboys wide receiver room overall? Because it's a very different group of guys from last year, from two years ago. And there is a reason why in 2019, in 2020, you looked up these articles from, you know, around the NFL that ranked the wide receiver corps or, or the offensive weapons of an offense. And the Cowboys were constantly out there. Not anymore. Not with this group of guys. I believe there are enough question marks to not make this a top five wide receiver group or a top 10 wide receiver group. Now, let's see some of your answers. I have mine broken into two versions. Craig goes with a very low score at two. Two would be a number that I would use for an offense that has no number one wide receiver. I believe the Cowboys have that. So to me, the floor is high when it comes to this score. Let's see some of your answers. Bruce goes with the six. Kevin Knight with the five. Robert with the six. Tommy with the seven. Let's see here. Mark Andrew. Shout out to Mark Andrew with the seven. Antoine goes with the six. Professor with the seven out of ten. Six, seven and a half. So a lot of you guys are there in the six to seven range on average. Toxic Tom says, when I hear wide receiver by committee with Dallas, I get uneasy. I do believe, though, that this is not really a wide receiver by committee, mostly because of CeeDee Lamb. That would be, to me, the main difference between this group and, say, the 2018 wide receiver group in which the Cowboys did say, we don't need a number one. We can work with a number one, only to find out midseason that they needed to give up a first rounder to go get a guy like Amari Cooper, which turned out to be a solid trade for the Cowboys. Since the Cowboys now have a number one in CeeDee Lamb, even though we have questions about whether or not he will be able to step up. We have a lot of reasons to believe that he will be able to do so. And as such, I, will, I would say that I would make that difference between those two groups. Now, my answer is, without Michael Gallup, I would score them at a six. And with Michael Gallup, and this is mostly because I am pretty high on Jalen Tolbert, and I know that I'm higher than most people on James Washington, a solid eight. And that's because that might sound like a very high score, 
But if you're talking about CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Jalen Tolbert, I feel pretty confident. And when the Cowboys had Amari Cooper, I honestly believed, and I believe that we had some evidence to, to back it up, that the Cowboys had one of the very best wide receiver units in the entire NFL. So I will go with, without a Gallup, a six in terms of the score. And then with Gallup healthy, once that he's back on that lineup, I would go as high as number eight. Craig says, why are you high on Tolbert? Well, well pre-draft, I thought that Jalen Tolbert was a second rounder. And if you guys watched day two of the NFL draft here on ADC Sports Dallas, you guys know that Skywalker Steel, when the Cowboys were on the clock, asked me, who do you want it to be? And I said Tolbert, and I didn't believe that they were going to do it. But when they did it, I kind of freaked out. I like Tolbert because I like X receivers. I like guys that have the size. And maybe he's not a speedy guy at 4-5 with a 40-yard with a 40, 40 dash. But he's a guy that consistently won vertically when he was at South Alabama. And I think that he will fit with the Cowboys thanks to that. And he is not a yards after catch monster because of his ability to break tackles, but he is a jack monster because of his ability to create separation. And I have to love that. Plus, he can win those 50-50 balls, and I can see him lining up outside or inside. I like I like uh, Jalen Tolbert quite a lot. Craig says, South Alabama, stop. And he uses the stop emoji. I think we are at a point in which, number one, South Alabama has not been like this super bad program in a while. They have been building something there. If you follow college football, you, you will, I think you will agree with me. Plus, I will say, you know, the just dismissing prospects because of them coming from small schools, it's kind of gotten proven wrong time and time again. You can be a great prospect coming from a small school and you can be the biggest bust coming from the biggest school. And Tolbert is a guy that actually had power five offers coming out of high school. He literally chose South Alabama because of distance to home. You don't draft a school helmet. This is toxic Tom. Exactly. Professor O says... What school did Larry Allen go to? Walter Payton, Jerry Rice. Craig says, I agree, but I would rather have Alec Pierce, a wide receiver from Cincinnati. I liked him, but I did like Jalen Tolbert better, to be honest. I do like this wide receiver unit, so that's my answer. Without Michael Gallup, a six. With Michael Gallup, an eight. Now, before we get out of here, <laughs> and I know... This segment, I don't know what to expect from your, your answers out of this segment. But Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell will fight in a boxing match, according to Adam Schefter. I, <laughs> let me see if I can find some more details on this. I couldn't help but, you know, laughing out loud at this bit of news. Because it's gotten crazy with the celebrity boxing. And I know that maybe Logan Paul and Jake Paul were some of the guys that really made it big. The fact that, you know, celebrities could box. <laughs> they will fight 
on a heavyweight boxing match. It will happen at Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. And this is Adam Schefter didn't break this, by the way. It was Mike Coppinger, who is one of boxing's biggest insiders. <laughs> so my question for me to you guys is, number one, you know, just don't lie to yourselves. You will tune in. You can make fun of the boxing match, but I am betting 90% of you guys watching ADC Sports Dallas primetime right now will definitely tune in to watch these two guys fight. Having said that, <laughs> which NFL duo, and you can get as creative as you want here, would you love to see boxing? I, I have three of you. I, I have three for you. But which NFL duo would you love to see boxing? Professor O says Adrian Peterson will destroy Le'Veon Bell. I don't know what to expect out of it. I don't know what their reach is for each of these guys. I do believe H will play a factor here. <laughs> Let's see. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Tom Brady, says Bruce. Steve Smith versus Heinz Ward. <laughs> Two small, feisty wide receivers. Jerry Brady. <laughs> Jerry versus James Dolan, Brady versus Rodgers. Oh my God, Kevin Knight. Mayfield versus Watson Collision in Cleveland. William Perry on and Aaron Donald. That's a good one. Ooh, I love this one from Balsack Towel. This might be the best one yet. Des Bryant versus Josh Norman. Can you imagine the press conferences? Shannon Sharp versus Bonte's Perfect. All right, let me share with you mine. And then we'll keep going with yours. So keep those coming in. Here are my top three boxing duo fights that I would like to see from NFL players. I went with all current players. No, that's a lie. I, I, actually, I didn't. One of them isn't a current player. So let's see. You know, I just went Manning versus Brady. Just because you always have this GOAT conversation going around. And by the way, the guy in the picture is Frank Gore, <laughs> who has had multiple professional boxing fights. <laughs> Manning versus Brady. Just to imagine the, the promotional aspect of it. Of course, it wouldn't have had anything to do with who is the greatest quarterback of all time. But you guys know that, that would be a part of the discussion. Then I've got Bosa versus Aaron Donald. Two athletic freaks that consistently fight in the trenches, but that both do not have, that neither has the longest of arms. So I think that Nick Bosa versus Aaron Donald would actually turn out to be a pretty fair fight. And then I went with Tyron Smith, and it's not Jason Garrett, Professor O. It's not Jason Garrett. I went with Tyron Smith versus Miles Garrett because I literally, and I actually did this this afternoon, this evening, sat down and looked for some of the players with the longest arms in the league. And Tyron Smith versus Miles Garrett is a fight that I would definitely tune in for. <laughs> McCarthy versus Rivera, says Kevin Knight. Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady, says Ryan. Bruce says Miles Garrett is gonna use a helmet though. 
Larry Allen versus Randy White. Robert Chuk going with the all-time matchup here. I like it. TJ Basher versus, <laughs> versus a strong win cost. <laughs> oh, man. Jerry versus Jimmy. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. <laughs> I love some of these answers, man. Richard Sherman versus Michael Crabtree. We found it. I think that some of the best that you guys have mentioned are Richard Sherman versus Michael Crabtree. We also had, uh, you know, Des Bryant versus Josh Norman. Those have been some of my favorites. Pac-Man versus Renfro. <laughs> oh, man. TJ Basher versus a strong wind gust was something that I didn't expect to read tonight. Al Davis versus Jerry Jones. Marshawn Lynch against anyone. You know, the thing about Marshawn Lynch is that I don't think you would get much out of those press conferences to promote the fight. Gronk versus Dewar. Damakin Sue versus Aaron Rodgers. Sig versus Pollard. <laughs> there you go. Some of the top NFL boxing duos that we could find. I like our answers. I like our answers. Honestly, the one that I would legitimately be intrigued about, like if both could box, would be out of the ones that I mentioned, would be Tyron Smith versus Malik Garrett, just because of the reach that both would, would have. Professor O says, I missed my calling as a boxing fight, fight matchmaker. How about the Watt brothers? We could have the, the Watt brothers jump in a boxing ring but if you guys watched tonight's episode of prime time and participated in the chat you can graduate as a professional matchmaker because that's exactly what we did tonight maybe someday we, can, we could come up with some you know content creators boxing matches as well but anyways oh that's the wrong effect i really just Use the cricket sound effect on myself. Here we go. That will be it for me tonight on ADC Sports Dallas Prime Time. Do me a favor, smash the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Prime Time. We are live Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. LT versus Bruce Smith, says Kevin Knight. And Mark Andrews says the Diggs brothers. <laughs> Toxic Tom says Mojo's just opened up Pandora's box and headed out now. <laughs> Do me a favor, smash the like button. I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. LT versus Micah. I like that one.